This is Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library. We bring you stories of faith and God's goodness shared by people like you. I pray we build and encourage your faith. If you have a story to tell, please let us know by contacting us through our website at amazedbygod.com. We would love to help you share it with the world. While you're there, check out our other ministries. And if you would like to support the work God is doing through us, you can find the details on our website or go to patreon.com forward slash Mark Now here is your host, Mark, with a story of faith. Hello and welcome, welcome to Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library. Uh, with me today is Angelo. Hey, Mark. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing all right. So, uh, Angelo, we met at Collide Youth Ministry, which right. is where um, I've started serving a little bit, and my son goes to. Mm-hmm. And then you sing, and do you do anything else? Uh, yeah, I lead worship there at the uh, youth ministry. Uh, hang out with the kids. Um, I guess they call me a little bit of a leader, but I just love lead worship. I've only been singing for about a year and a half, but it's been really great. Um I love just working in the church and doing community stuff and you know stuff the, like that. I, this just dawned on me, like literally right now. <laughs> What's like we, that? we had a long conversation the other day, yeah, and we had just a, a pretty long conversation right now. Right. The first time I came to collide with Noah, there was a stripped down, no acoustic set. Were you playing the drum box? Was that you? I attempted to. You attempted to. Okay. <laughs> I, I love a drum box, though. That's why, for some reason, it just dawned on me that. You were in that that group when you guys played. I was there. I was. Um, uh, I tried at first to go ahead and do it because the guy playing the guitar um, wanted to do it both at the same time. Hit the drum box with his foot that and would, play the that guitar. Would have been, that would have been really impressive, weird. though. Yeah. Impressive. Yes, impressive. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the guy with the the, <laughs> the drum and the cymbals and the you know yeah. the trumpet and the harmonica yeah. at the same time. Yeah, it reminds that. me of an old Spice commercial. I'm not even gonna get into it. <laughs> So. But no, I was uh, I was mainly singing and um, I ended up actually yes I did play the drum because he was trying to do it and I grabbed the drum and I sang and played but I'm not at the cajon thing and I'm I'm not a drummer um, but I did it that night okay yes. yeah was just, <laughs> that dawned on me just now I was like somebody played the drum box I think it was you so it we, was yeah last Wednesday before this was recorded we. Uh, I was at youth group and and I told my son I said we have we have some stuff to do we have to we have to go right after youth group, and he was like okay let's let's go and then you guys are playing a, a worship song at the, right. at the end there and it was just the spirit fell mm-hmm. I don't know how else to explain it and I felt like God said go talk to him and I was like huh <laughs> he was like go talk to him and I was like okay I'll go talk to him and then. You, you did one of the most amazing things, and I, I expressed this to you before, mm-hmm. but I, I, I'd like to have this put out there. You said what I think is the heart of worship. You were singing a song. You said, I'm not exactly sure what this means. So I went and looked it up. And how, how blessed those kids are to hear someone say something like that, that they're just not going through the motions. And mm-hmm. you here now, and I've told you this before, I can't respect you any more than I did in that moment and that respect will carry over because I know that your heart was in the right place 
Mm. So much was going on that night. Um, thank you. Uh, I was really looking to the Lord. I remember getting on that stage that night and before even going, yeah, it, the word was hallelujah. And <laughs> don't it's laugh such at a me, weird word, I mean, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't have a church background, you know, so hallelujah, right. be, you know, you could say it a thousand times and right what does it actually mean it's in the shrek movie so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i generally didn't know what it meant and um taking vocal lessons that was uh one of the things my vocal lesson uh my vocal coach slash mentor told me it was like the, the heart of a true worshiper is not just going through the motions um you want to you want to make sure you have that that half attention because you're not the only one worshiping. You're leading the people in front of you. I am a quote-unquote worship leader in training. <laughs> um, but the most, the thing I remember most about that night is that I just wanted them to be in the presence of the Lord. And and when I put myself in their shoes, and as a kid, you know, if if I'm just sitting there and I'm singing these songs that my parents have been singing and I've been singing and I'm finding my own way in life. Uh, and these words I know, but what is the purpose of it? So I wanted to put them in my shoes growing as a Christian in the Lord and in the shoes of those around me and the shoes of the people I look up to and the people who worship the Lord. And I wanted to bring them in the heart of worship. So yes, I made myself a little vulnerable and shared um, what my experience was but God used that, and uh, that night what might have been incredible for you and incredible for them, but it was really powerful for me. Um, and I pray for many more nights like that where um, God can just move me aside and 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 just show up in the lives of those kids. Um, it was really great. Yeah. Thank you. I, I want I want to share something with you that I didn't tell tell you. I kind of held it back because oh, goodness. Uh, I want to share. <laughs> uh, my son's twelve, and he's been in church pretty much his whole life, and he doesn't like worship. He has. It's just he thinks it's weird. You know, he loves to sing. You know, but he he, he just he hasn't caught on to the understanding of worship. So sure. we hear worship music in the car. We hear worship music at church a lot, and and he'll be like, oh, that song's okay. That song's okay. After that night, uh, he's asked to listen to that song, which is, uh, I don't know the actual name of it, but it's its by oh, Bethel. Right. Uh, Raise a Hallelujah. Raise a Hallelujah. That's it. I wanted to say, say a Hallelujah, wow. but I knew it wasn't. And he will walk around the house. I've heard him ask in the car, hey, can we listen to that Hallelujah wow. song? And I, I was like, what, what does Hallelujah <laughs> mean? He's like, you know, and he kind of, he, he parroted back what you kind of said, you know, so he was listening that night. Um and that song has been the only song I can ever really remember him. And there's been other songs that he's liked and, you know, he's downloaded, you know, online. But that was the one that really has clicked in his head. And so it's really funny. I, so I had it playing in the car and it went off and we went into a store and he's walking around, you know, because he likes to do his own thing because he doesn't want to be with me because he's 12. <laughs> and... I come walking up behind him and I hear him sing, you know, in the presence of the enemy. <laughs> nice. I'll raise a hallelujah. You know, while he's looking at something. Nice. You know, in we were in GameStop. And hopefully he knows what it means when he's yeah. singing it, you and, know? And, and yeah, and I, he's like, you know, I, it's, it's God's got my back, you know? And I was just, I was blown away by that. And, and 
you know, I'm not attributing all that to you, but your oh. faithfulness in singing that song, in, in expressing what you did, touched him in a way uh, that I couldn't do. Wow. I couldn't do that. You know, as his father, I'm not a music guy, and I've tried to get him to love worship music as well, too. And it's the first time I've ever heard him singing a worship song. So thank you. Praise God. Thank you. So sorry, I, I held that back. No, we were oh my goodness. So that I I, I'll, share that. I'll listen to this later and I'll be like, actually, I'm going to step away. <laughs> but for the, I think there might be people, <laughs> I, hopefully I'm not the only one in the world <laughs> who didn't know what hallelujah, uh, no. hallelujah meant. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, just praise God or lift a praise to God. Um, I'm probably paraphrasing. Um, it's been a few nights, but that's what it's been um, for me. And that's what go- I looked up Google. That's what it said. <laughs> to it, lift the praise to God. It goes all. So, you know, you didn't ask Siri on your phone. <laughs> you know, but yeah, no, that's that's amazing. You know, I, I had a pastor that oh. like shoved that down our face, you know, all the time. You know, it was that and grace. He loved to talk about those two things. So, um, but I can understand that. There was there was things that I didn't know. And, and I think last time we talked, most people don't even know what amen means. Like yeah, we say it a thousand times. You taught times, me. I, I, you know, and most people don't. And I'm not going to tell you on the podcast because I'll make you all go look it up. But <laughs> most people don't know exactly what amen means. So sorry, I should have made them go look up Hallelujah. Huh? <laughs> yeah, we, we probably, we probably <laughs> go look it up. This is the homework for Amazed by God <laughs> podcast. So I might be like wrong on my paraphrasing too. It's like <laughs> oh, he doesn't really know what Hallelujah meant. <laughs> whatever it was, whatever you said, whatever it actually says, it touched my son. Mm. And that's, that's the heart of, of a worshiper to me. You know, I, I, you know, I, I believe that this is, this is, this, I guess this is the old school bit of me. I don't think worship leaders should be in the front of the church. I think there should be like a cross or something that mm. draws us to God and the mm. worship leader should be in the back. Whoa. But, I was literally just discussing that with my vocal coach and he was like, that's true. Really? Yeah. We're not the not concert. Many people we're say not that, coming yes. there to go see the singers. I honestly feel a little bit weird sometimes. I'm like, look at God. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and, 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 and I understand we probably do that more for non-Christians or people that haven't really, really entered in because they feel comfortable with mm-hmm. people there. Um, but I think like at worship nights where true believers want to come and worship, maybe they should be stripped away. I hear you there. You know, yeah. but the words that they say, that enter, as you said, enter us into the the atmosphere of God, where we, where where heaven and earth intersect, and we are able to intersect and worship God. You know those words, those things that you bring into not just singing the songs is what makes a true worship leader. So thank you, I appreciate that. And so anyway, you know when God told me to come ask you, you know, uh, you immediately jumped on board. Uh, we had some other conversations about some other things that I felt like God was leading me to ask you and uh, all good stuff, you know, um, and uh, yeah, real quick. As soon as this guy came up to me, I was I, I felt the Holy Spirit chills. <laughs> I don't want to get all weird here, but I was like, whatever he's asking, whatever he's selling, this is God. Uh, yes, I'm, I was already smiling in his yeah. face and ready I, to tell you. I, I told Jen. You know, after that night, I was like, it was this really interesting thing where I come up and said hi. And he was just like, whatever you're going to say to me, yes. Like, I'm good with <laughs> Did this. Did I say like, that? You no, know, because I, I talked to you a little more. But, like, you were just like, yes, whatever you say, yes. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. that's fine. Like, I could feel the spirit of God's here. Awesome. And, um, you know, it was just one of those. It was one of those instant things. And, you know, I can instantly call you a friend, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm hoping to do more some more ministry with you if, yeah, if, you're, if you're, you're up for it. So um, I think this was a God 
put together a thing. Big time. And um, when we talked, when we talked the other night, and uh, and kind of just kind of getting to know each other a little bit, and, and your story was 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 a blessing to me and encouraging to me because I came from something that was kind of similar and or at least in the same house or the same vein of it you and, have an incredible and, story do they do they know about your story uh so not i haven't shared all that you know i've kind of told some of my other testimonies you know uh watching a guy's arm basically get healed in front of me i wow. shared when my my brain tumor was was just basically passed away where the doctor was like here's your brain tumor on one you know cat scan here it is you know three weeks later and your brain is perfectly normal wow, you know um so i've shared some of that you know but mm -hmm. you know that's that's what it is so but Let's jump into it, I guess we can say here. Uh, here at Amazed by God, we like to tell stories because stories make the world go round. We, we connect and we draw to a story. The Bible is a library of books that tell a cohesive story, mm -hmm. and we can get drawn into it. But the cool thing is our story matters because our story is God's story, too. Mm -hmm. And we don't get an opportunity to tell our stories a lot. You know, we can do it here and there and everything else, but this this podcast arena gives us the ability to allow people to hear your story that never will before. So I asked you, what has God done amazing in your life? God is so good. And uh, you told me you were going to ask this question and I couldn't pin it down because he's just, he's doing amazing things in my life right now as we speak. And um, he's so faithful. He's so good. Uh, I could tell you even in the middle of a, of a storm, um, where just everything is crashing down and it's just you're walking through the valley and you know you're in the valley and everything's telling you give up and you're just like no way <laughs> makes you think of that verse and um, i believe it's psalms where it says i'm like my heart why are you downcast my soul you know and he says put your hope in god yep. and um <clears throat> You gotta forgive me. I'm a big paraphraser. I'm learning. I'm That's perfectly fine, <laughs> man. No worries. I've been a Christian for seven years. I'm just kidding. Um, but he is incredible, and um, I'm very, very thankful for the story that he's written in my life. Um, as a kid, I uh, we weren't raised Christian. Um, my mom and my father uh, were. Uh, <laughs> they they were very much. I don't know how to say this besides like just in the world there, they re really were um, ignited together, like just flower ch children, but without God. I don't, and I hear stories now and um, it just sounds very unstable and terrifying, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but that's how I was raised. That was the family I came into um, really loving, loving father. Um, I don't remember my mom being there much as when I was younger, but when, when I did come, I'm the oldest child, when I did come into, um, into their lives, um, I know they toned down a lot. Uh, my mom, she, uh, growing up, so I have, it's right now it's me, my sister, and my brother. Um, growing up, it was us three kids. She, um, she got addicted to a drug called crystal meth when I was about uh, eight, nine years old. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, my mom and dad, well, we were, we were decently, we had money, you know, mm -hmm. and, and we weren't filthy rich, but we had a boat and jet skis and a car and a big house and, um, you know, so, but when she got addicted to that drug, she um, began, she began uh, pulling out a bit of money 
time and time again. And, um, uh, just things happen where, um, where she ended up leaving us while my dad was on a, a business trip in New York. And, uh, she left us at a, a, a drug dealer's house. And, um, it was, when I say us, it was me at the time I was eight, eight, eight or nine. And then my sister who's two years younger than me and my little brother who was two years old at the time. And she left us there. I think it was, um, I remember there was a night before Christmas. Uh, and in the morning, um, ACS was at the door because the drug dealer wasn't going <laughs> to babysit us, yeah. you know? Um, and they grabbed me, my, my sister and my brother. Um, we all went to this little holding area we got our fingerprints or whatever. And, um, and then they split us up. So we went into three separate foster, uh, cares. Um, I remember it was, it was a tough time. It was really confusing. And while my dad, when my dad came back, he found out about everything. He was, um, he was fighting for us. And, uh, I guess they weren't used to a single, like a dad fighting for the kids. Yeah. Um, um, but we would get together in like holding groups, like, like every bit of amount of time would get together me my dad my brother and sister for visiting time yeah and we'd all just be in tears like just crying like he's like i'm gonna get you guys out of here um you know and because they were trying to figure out if he was the unfit parent or not because i don't know a lot of legal stuff that happened behind it you said he went on a business trip to new york York. you guys were in florida at the time so he wasn't like close and he didn't find out about it till later on is that what you're saying yes right and um so and then he was trying to go through all the legal processes. My mom was missing um, at this point. My dad's main focus is getting us out. Uh, after six months, uh, roughly, he got us out of foster care. Uh, that was those th- those were rough times. But um, then um, when he got us out, well, uh, there was no money, no place to go to. Um, there, the house we couldn't go back. Um, my mom had a friend who was more familiar with the court system, and my dad. Um, he would he tells me now that my dad wasn't is not familiar. His first language was Spanish, um, and so and just just uh, and he wasn't very educated growing up. So he, she had friends that were able to do things that he just had no idea about, mm-hmm. and they ended up taking the house from us. And when I say us, I mean from me my dad, my brother, and my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad told me that he went back to go collect our things and um, and uh, at least just our trophies and stuff. And my dad had to fill up a van of our stuff. And, um, and the cop w- felt like sad about it, you know? And, like, it was just so confusing for my dad and he didn't know how to, how to do it. So he filled up the van with just as much stuff as he could and we had to go somewhere else. Um, the first place we went to, I remember we wound up in a homeless shelter. Um, Metropolitan Ministries was the first homeless shelter we went to. It was in Florida. And um, and from there, uh, um, we were there for a couple years. And then after that, we went up to uh, my dad and met um, a girl. And we moved up with her family up to New York where her family was. Um, and, uh, and so it was just those years growing up, um, my dad... Uh, well, they were married for 17 years, and it was really hard on my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, he um, he would tell me just stories about her, and he didn't know the Lord either, so it was hard for him to cope with this on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't, I don't, I'm not very sure that he would still be here if uh, it wasn't for us three kids because he wanted to take care take of us care, and yeah. just, he loved us so much and, and still does. Um, and 13, we went into, um, sorry, thir- so from the homeless shelter, went to another, uh, what was it? Went up to New York and moved in with this uh, this girl and her family. And I remember it was eight kids because her five kids and us three kids. And we were all in this big house, this cram. But we lived there for three years. And it was, it was nice. Um, nice in the sense of just um, just a little, it seemed a little normal for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but still, through all of this, all the years up until I was about 17, a lot of moving. I think we went to about, I think we went to one, two more homeless shelters after that. Things didn't work out. And then we wound up in New York. Um, we went to a homeless shelter in Brooklyn. Um, my dad moved us up there. Um, but through all of that, my dad would tell me about the things that my mom would put him through um, when they were together, um, that he would find the drugs and he would just try to tell her, like, think about the kids, you know. Think. But so needless to say, I mean, just all of this really instilled the mentality of like, wow, this evil, wicked woman of mm-hmm. my mother, like, I, I hate her. I, she ruined us. And my dad would you know give me reasons why that was true um we had it all basically in my mind and then we you know and my brother and sister have to suffer and um in my head it was just like i have this tick disorder now i have all these stress disorders and and we're all we're at a young age going through therapy it's like all because of my mom and Mm -hmm. so that's the mindset that i had developed um but at this point, we're living in the Bronx, and I'm about sixteen. Um, so we lived in the Bronx. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind a little bit. Um, so I think it was like two and a half years that um, that we were away from my mom, or so that all happened when I was eight. So five years, because I was thirteen when my dad told me that. Listen, um, I've been in contact with your mom. And she wants to make up for lost times. You know, we found out that she was out of prison at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we, through the whole process, my dad was showing us pictures of her and her inmate suit. You know, just like broken nose. It was just really bad. Yeah. She was really going through a rough time um, with these people that she had went off with. Um, but he said to me, he said, since you're the oldest, um, I want to send you down first um, to make sure it's okay for your younger brother and sister to go stay with her. Um Hey, I was down for adventure, you know, but when I was down there, I ended up going down for a year when I was 13 and uh, it was my first year of high school. So I was a freshman and I treated her like crap. Honestly, I was resentful. I, mm-hmm. I hated her in my yeah, head. I was hard like, to get, get away from with all that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I just I didn't see her as a mom. I was when she would say things, she couldn't talk to me because I'd be like, you don't know me. You, you mm-hmm. know, you, you, you weren't there. You know, just really hurtful things um that i see now but i do remember they were full of a lot of emotion and pain um but when i came back up i remember the way she would react when i said things like that she was very hurt um and uh she wasn't the person that my dad described and there's a reason to that um in prison she um gave her life to god um i'm still you know an atheist i guess you can say at this point um but the woman I did know and the woman that my dad knew was not the woman that I knew that, that I met, that I saw mm-hmm. when I was down there. Um, but that wasn't in the po- I wasn't at the point of my life to admit that or even know what that is to make it of it because mm-hmm. I was still blaming her at this point. Um, so 
we I lived with my dad up until I was about 17. Um, things got heated. We were in the Bronx and, uh, just, just, it was a hard life. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I really felt like an outcast. Uh, but at the same time, you know, just the gangs, I was never in a gang, but just, that's the kind of crowd that was surrounding yeah. my schools and stuff like that. And it was rough. Um, but you know, it, it, all of it contributed to the, the person I am today. Um, and I went through a hard breakup when I was 17 and, um, at this point, my mom moved into a, a little, another place, um, that was actually able for me to stay with her. Um, my brother and sister never ended up going down with, with my mom. Um, who knows, you know, I, I know, I think sh- that's right. Her, the place that she was in, um, it got flooded and they had to move and then they were doing really bad mm-hmm. with money. So that's why. And at that point. So she couldn't, ha- she didn't have a stable living environment yeah. shortly after I left. Um, anyways, things got really hard and, uh, this breakup was really hard for me. And, um, a lot of it, um, a lot of the, um, a lot of circumstances brought me to a place just, just wrecked really. Um, after the breakup with this girl, um, I, was uh, a mess and um i think it was the first time my dad like saw me cry um i was crying in my closet (laughs) and anyways um so the next several uh i I guess next several weeks a couple months i was trying to get over this breakup and uh, when i finally did get through it um uh, i ran into her again and it was just all came collapsing because uh, as soon as we broke up earlier like she was already with another guy but it was hard for me mm-hmm. uh, my little heart my 17 year old heart um and so i was at a place in my life where i'm like i don't even know if like i really want to live you know yeah i don't i don't really know like why like what's the reason to live and so i thought to myself well before i give my life away just even start thinking about suicide what's the what's the meaning of life? And, uh, that was my little motto. You know, I made it like really known. And I was like, my motto was live out loud. Like I really just wanted to find the meaning of life. So I looked into different areas and, um, you know, I, uh, experimented here and there and there, and I would pursue them full on because I, I would go and see if there's any light at the end of that tunnel. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like if it was like, um, just, just a life of partying um, or the life of drinking or even the life of um, just like smoking weed and pothead and, and um, just all these options. And, and, and as I would experiment, I would easily recognize, okay, there's no, there's no light to the end of that tunnel. You know, it's like a steak. You're, you're starving. You're hungry. You eat a steak. You're satisfied for what, four hours. And then you're hungry again. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the example I like to use, but, but like, what is the reason I'm here? Cause it ain't for, for that. It ain't for this. It ain't for this. Um, and so I would just dig deep and like look at other people's thoughts and, uh, other people's beliefs. And I just didn't see hope in a lot of these people. Like, what the heck are they living for? Yeah. And so that was my journey. And I remember my mom, um, at that time, uh, near close to that time was she, her place became available for me to live down in Florida. I'm in New York with my dad at this point. And uh, it was hard for me. Um, uh, in in New York, I got my phone stolen, which I just paid like nine hundred and fifty dollars from. 
And, and was it a flip phone too, or no? <laughs> it was the iPhone 5s. I remember oh, wow, okay. the guy gave it to me because it was in the Bronx. Yeah, and he literally said, uh, uh, "Congratulations!" <laughs> you know, like because everybody was broke. I was broke. The re- only reason I had that money was because of a scholarship because I got good grades and mm-hmm. uh, we were working with this government program. That was the only bit of money I've ever seen. Yeah, my dad was so angry with me when he found that I spent it all. Yeah. On on an iPhone in an OtterBox, you know? <laughs> well, at least you got the OtterBox, right? <laughs> yeah. It, but uh, two months after, you know, I didn't know about insurance. I got robbed on the on the train. Mm-hmm. Uh, phone gone. And I'm like... Well, the OtterBox doesn't cover that. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. We'll make it come up here. <laughs> so my dad's beating me over the head with these words like, man, like I told you, you know, and just like, I know. And at 17, I was just angry and rebellious. So, um, getting a little more mature as I'm just like trying to really figure out what the meaning of life was. he preached this thing, um, called the secret. Um, like you think positive thoughts, positive things happen, universe, law of attraction and all that. And, um, I remember that was the first time my, um, I, uh, dove any kind of, spiritual aspect of my life and mm-hmm. um really look at it now and it was only like i i believe it was god showing him myself to me in the way that my mind could comprehend but i was looking up to the quote-unquote universe and i remember when i was staying with my dad and i was like um thank you for this job you know <laughs> that i'm gonna get i didn't even have it at the at the time you know thank you for um there was something else, but, and then I ended up getting the job. Uh, my first job was at American Eagle in Times Square. And I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you know, there's something out there. What is it? You know? Yeah. yeah. And so that was part of my journey too. Um, but, uh, after things got rough, I remembered my mom and how the life was there and the environment she, um, provided was, uh, she had this person was not her anymore. She had a servant's heart now and Mm -hmm. she was just so full of grace and love. And I'm like, man, you know, um, I'm going to go live with her. You know, things got really rough and, and the, the, the money, I didn't have insurance. So I thought I was going to, but I tried to fight it and they said, no, you didn't have insurance. You can't get the phone again. So that money, I think it was like $130. I ended up buying a plane ticket to go live with my my mom. And, um, and uh, at that point my dad knew like, Hey, I was leaving. So, uh, he filled me up with as much wisdom and spiritual advice as you get spiritual advice as like his spiritual mm-hmm. perspective at the time. Um, the secret, um, which is a belief system, but like I said, based yeah. on, um, like that stuff. And, um, so I moved down with her and, um, she thought she would have to force me to go to church. But at this point, again, I'm at this point where like, I'm really trying to find the meaning of life. And, uh, I'm looking for, I guess at that time I was looking for, um, for uh, just authenticity um, deeply. And so I was like, yeah, now I'm going to go. Um, and she was going to uh, Belshaw's Baptist Church at the time down in Florida, pretty big church. And um, and so I started going. And I remember, of course, you have your the people who claim to live for the Lord and they have they they but at the same time you can tell like there's their their heart is not into it. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but they're not, they're not, I don't have not fully bought it, but you have those people on the other end of the spectrum. Like they're just glowing. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, I'm looking around and, um, I can easily see like, okay, they haven't, but there was hope in these people. And I'm like, Whoa, what is that? You know, they found like, like I, 
genuinely can see like their hope and their life is secure. They found a purpose, mm-hmm. like a mean, like a deeper meaning. Like what in the world? So I remember asking my questions, and I went to the church for about I think it was like two months at the time, and I was going with a very open mind, um, really seeking answers, critical critical mind too, <laughs> but I was seeking, and um, and uh, I remember uh, talking to my uh, the youth pastor at the time, uh, Pastor Victor Flores, <laughs> and uh, he would tell me like now uh, he would tell me like this, and um, it, and I can remember it like it was yesterday. He was like, man. You had some really good questions because <laughs> I was asking him some deep stuff. But I remember the questions he couldn't answer. Um, he was he didn't answer. But the questions he did, um, that conversation allowed me to look back on the rest of my life and all the ups and all the hills and all the battles and see God and all of that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, OK, things are making sense. But. But I was still skeptical, but at the same time, like I was doing everything else, you know, I'm going fully for this because I'm trying to figure out and I'm going to go to the end until it, it proves itself wrong, you mm-hmm. know, until like I'm like, OK, well, that's because at this point, religion up until this point has been like voodoo dolls, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like my idea was that Scooby Doo episode of of like the voodoo <laughs> dolls and the people just getting thrown around. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, man, stay away from that. <laughs> so I was asking my questions and um I went home that night and I prayed some sort of prayer, you know. I was talking to this Jesus that he introduced me to. And um and uh nothing changed drastically, nothing changed dramatically, but I was still pursuing this um this um at that time, this uh this idea, this belief system that people have found their hope in. What is this? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that's what it was. Um, and I remember my first encounter, with, like I say encounter, but he's been encountering me since I was like, since I was thought of. And first existence. time you opened your eyes to it. The first time I opened my eyes to it. Um, the first time that uh, it became real for me um, to a sense where this is personal now, (laughs) Mm -hmm. was, um, I was sitting in church on a Sunday, on a Sunday, and, uh, there was this event coming up for, for high schoolers called Straight Up Weekend, and Straight Up Weekend was basically an event where, um, people who worked at the church, um, a select few hosted their home to a group of students, um, different students, different groups, and there was about 400 students, 400 or so, large number going on this, on this, um, signed up for this, and there was about equal to the amount of students. There were administrators, staff for the church, the mm-hmm. big church. Um, so, um, so the weekend before straight up weekend, I remember the pastor was speaking at his pastor rummage at the time. He was speaking on, a, um, on, uh, on baptism. Um, and so I was really digesting this message, but, but the moment that, that, I was singled out. Um, I, again, large service, uh, thousand people probably on one service, and um, and he said, almost as if he was, as if if as if he was talking to me, because when he when these words came out of his mouth, I felt like I was the only one in the room, and mm-hmm. I was just drawn to just stand up, and it was the weirdest thing. <laughs> but he said, "Don't wait until straight up weekend to get baptized." Um, this is the end of the sermon. He said, "Get baptized today," you know. And uh, I get chills just talking about it. But um, I stood up, and uh, so the family of my mom 
at this point i say family but my mom had a kid over these the span of years yeah. that they were separated from my dad and, and who's now my half brother right. and my half brother's family was with me in the service and uh, the older brother of the of my half brother um um probably about 14 at the time he looks at me he goes man where are you going i'm like i'm gonna go get baptized he's like no you're not dude sit down and his grandma was like are you sure that's what you want to do like like aren't you gonna wait for your mom and i was like i was looking at them like i don't know how to explain the face i had but i can feel it because i i knew the place i was in was just like a i don't know what's going on um i don't know what this is but i just know it's what i need to do Mm -hmm. and i just know that Something big is about to happen. The power of the Spirit was drawing you. That's God being lifted up and draw all men to Him. You're being drawn to Him, right? Right. And it was just me in that moment. It was just like, and I looked at them, and I'm just like, I gotta do this. And I, I was like, Why am I still talking? I gotta go, you know. And so I went to the back, and you know, got changed and everything. And um, when we were in line for the baptism. Uh, to get baptized my mom caught me in line and she was like honey are you like are you sure you know what you're doing um at this point uh, i just tears in her eyes she she wanted to make sure she was excited um for me but at the same time she wanted to make sure my heart was in the right place um well i know that now but but i'm like i gotta do this mom yeah this is i I understand you know like trying to comfort her like i i yeah however you can comfort a mom um i praise god because he's completely changed her and yeah. and she's just an incredible woman um but so i'm walking out there and um person after person and if i didn't have the video or the dvd of what <laughs> happened next you know i i would have doubted if it even happened mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah um i watched it a couple of months ago and i'm just like god <laughs> you're great um so the story i was explaining to you earlier about um the straight up weekend coming up and um, uh, 400, yeah, all, all uh, the pastors and right. staff and everything else. Yeah. So the pastor, uh, or someone had, um, basically everyone got a wristband and on that wristband, the staff, every members, one of the staff, staff members, members yeah. right. The staff members got a wristband and on that wristband had the name of a single student, a single student for each staff member to pray for, um, for the weeks, uh, coming up to approaching to approaching straight up weekend to pray for them. I get up there and uh, he goes, you know, uh, now son, what's your name? And uh, as I, I told you, I, I, I think about the Southern accent, you know, (laughs) but I, I'd, I'd butcher it if I tried to impersonate it. Um, and, uh, at the time I went by Miguel, it's my first name. So my Mm -hmm. full name is Miguel Angelo Rosario. And, um, I'm, my family only called me Angelo at the time. And there's a reason I'm telling you that because I go by Angelo now. Yeah. And um, this was that moment where I got out of that water and he says, son, what's your name? I say, Miguel. And uh, he, he said, um, he stopped. He looks down and he looks at the congregation and it's big service. And he goes, not, not church. And then he explains everything I just explained to you. Um, That's straight up. We get in the wrist bracelets and everything else. Yeah. Right. And uh, now he looks to me. So he says, everybody's been, so he says to the congregation, everybody's been praying. The staff member's been praying over a single student. He says, um, son, go ahead and read that name on my wristband. And I just lean over and that's my name. <laughs> my name's on his wristband. And then the, the whole church, you hear him just, just gasp. And then um, he is, I've never met before this moment. I've never met Miguel. 
for this moment. And so the most, like immediately, as soon as I say, that's my name, I'm like, like anybody could be like, oh yeah, they got me. They're tricking me. But the Lord, he just, uh, that's the only way I can explain it. It's just from head to toe, chills, just woof, like it yeah. just everything. It's like, okay, this ain't just the belief. God, God is, yeah. there's, he's here. Some, and I don't have any knowledge. So at that point, so I can't really point a finger. I can't tell you what I was thinking. Yeah. Cause I had no idea about the big man upstairs, you know, <laughs> of course, now I know that the Lord was drawing me to yeah. him. And this was the moment that he was going to use it for me to share right now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we're both excited. I see excitement in his eyes and I'm like, something great is happening. <laughs> and he's like, do you, you know, asking the questions for baptism? I'm like, yes, uh, I believe that he's, you know, Jesus is who he says he is. And I got baptized and, uh, I came out of that water and man, the whole church was talking about me for like a week. <laughs> My mom was like, Oh, and this lady said this and this lady said that I'm like, you're a superstar. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, I'm thinking this whole time, my mind is going crazy. I'm like, God is real. God is real. I'm not alone. You know? Um, but that was only the first time, you know, and obvious since then, you know, God has shown himself to me and I'm just, it, it, he's just incredible. But that was the first time that he's made himself real to me. Of course, after that, um, there's the journey of leaving the old man behind and walking into uh, who God mm-hmm. says we are and this new identity. And it's different for everybody and it's and everybody's at different levels. Um, but right now um, where I'm at is um, uh, so I was 17 when I got saved. Um, I was almost 18. I'm pretty sure either that or just turned 18. And uh, I'm 23 now. And in a few months, I'll be 24. Um, but I'll tell you, uh, God is just so good. And uh, the things he's done in our life, in my life, in our lives, after I got saved, uh, I was able to share the word with my brother and sister. And they're still on their journey. But my father, um, uh, he used to be a real big believer um, as a kid. Um, and then he went to prison um, for some things that he did. And, uh, but in prison, he read the Bible back and forth and he came out super believer, you know, <laughs> as he would tell me now, but his family condemned him. So from there, he just lost faith and never went back. Yeah. But I'll tell you, God used everything that's been happening. It was all according to his plan. As soon as he got a hold of me, uh, I'd like, like it to be a domino effect. And it really is. A seed has been planted. And my dad loves the Lord today. Like he is, that's awesome. he's just on fire. Um, and I could just see the way God is changing him. And I've been a Christian for seven years and it's been that relationship. All of my relationships that I've always known have been changing immensely because of the Lord and, and, um, and just the growth has been really immense. And my, my relationship with my mom is incredible. I go visit her. I stood with her for three years um, before joining the military. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, after I gave my, when I went down with her, I stood there with her for three years and I joined the military in 1920. Um, and then I visit her all the time and she's loving. She has a heart of a servant, a servant's heart. My dad, I, he's three hours from here. We're in Maryland and, yeah. and I get to visit him anytime I want my, my brother and sister live with him. And, uh, and just to see how God can take brokenness, brokenness. Um, you, 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 I was explaining my story, and and it really, and 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 I know you're familiar. You know, I know you're familiar uh, after your story, and it's just so incredible hearing that. 
but the way he can take brokenness and it's not just me i'm not special you know i'm not i'm not special that's just the story he decided to write on my life but he does that he just takes hopelessness barrenness and 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 just um a a catastrophe a wreck and a chaos and he makes it into beauty and 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 I, i my prayer is that he you know someone can hear this and 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 hear and see themselves and then and hear how god loved me and loves me and say wow you know i'm i'm it no one can be in any position too far gone or or too broken to for god to in a sense pick up the mess you know put the pieces back (laughs) together pieces back together the bible was the bible was filled with stories first off of of people that are broken um that he continually you know argues with and fights with until they come to see who he is we we have many stories throughout history of people that way we have many stories nowadays of just watching people um you know from you know being addicted to drugs and getting off drugs from being suicidal being whatever they are and watching god react to them and draw to them and 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 to hear the calling you know, that God's placed upon someone's life is is a remarkable, remarkable story that we we should never take lightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your story is your story is, is, you know, you know, has one of the best closes, <laughs> you know, God can do You know that. That's that's amazing that, you know, that guy was praying for you and then he was baptized. You, you know, just, I know. What, what, you know, crazy. God, you know, I, there's nothing else to say. Right. <laughs> just just hearing those stories and and and, you know, going back to what we talked about in the beginning, watching what you're doing now, you know, um, in leading worship and, and, you know, being a leader in, in the group. And, and I really think that, you know, we've only known you for a little bit, but I really think that you have a heart to seek God and to know and to understand. And I, I can feel that off of you in the sermon. And I think you're going to do something pretty cool. Uh, I think you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you know, you're going to touch some, some, some people somewhere, somehow um, with that passion and that fire. So, uh, thank you so much for sharing. I've, I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks res- for having me. This re- is this is fun. <laughs> respect respect uh, greatly. So here at Amaze My God, we kind of we kind of end with two two questions. Um, first question being: Is there any Bible character, Bible story, Bible verse that has touched you? Um, you know, and why? I'm this close, and forgive me to if if this is. Um, this is something bad for some people listening, but I'm this close to getting a tattoo of a verse, <laughs> you know, Matthew. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, Matthew uh, 633, um, seek his kingdom and his righteousness first, then all these things will be added to you. And that's that That would be my verse right now, big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Seeking where verse. he is and finding, you know, finding out so that you can go on that path is mm-hmm. something we all need to do, something we all need to seek. And we also end kind of with a song. Is there any song, because music kind of moves our hearts in a ways that other things don't. Is there a song that, that touches you and why? Up until this song, yeah, it's, it, there's a song. Um, up until this song uh, hit my heart, I didn't, I was playing religion. Um, I didn't fully, I probably, I actually definitely can admit that I still don't fully understand God's love, but I didn't feel worthy of his love. And I didn't understand that he loved me up until... A song, um, uh, and I don't, of course, not a credit all to the song, but this song was in that moment, that dire moment of the transition from living in religion 
to living loved by God was that song Reckless Love, Corey oh, okay. Asbury. Yeah. Uh, that song is just, it means so much to me. And it always brings me back to that moment where my father, God, he just opened my eyes like, no matter what you do, I love you. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the song for sure. Yeah. You know, I, I, I always find it fascinating that the Bible talks about endless love, I think, uh, 36 times, I believe. And wow. every time it talks about it, it's attributed to God. There is never any other way that it's attributed <laughs> other than to God, you know, going right. through the songs, you know, that my love is endless for you and, and things like that. So, right. you know, his, his love is, is relentless, mm. you know, um, and it's an amazing thing. So thank you so much for being on, on the show. Uh, we appreciate the story and for Amazed by God brought to you by Through God's Library. This is your host, Mark Sitchin, and we will see you next week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star rating and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for listening.